This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was Triple Kiss. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 116. 116, Billy. I challenge you to come up with a 116 connotation. Yeah, really. Any sort of context for 116, uh, it's failing me here. I mean, like, maybe some clever rock and jock participant's jersey number would have been triple digits. There you go. But uh, again, I'm... Grasping at straws. Me and Marina once went to Morocco, and on one of our last days there, the temperature um, exceeded 116 Stop degrees it. Fahrenheit. Is that true? Yeah, we were eating breakfast um, at a Riyadh, which is like a Moroccan hotel, and they eat on the roof, wow. or, they, or they, were, they were serving it on the roof. Cool. And I think one of the other Americans or someone who spoke English, I overheard them say that it was like low 120s. That's insane. Low 120s. I don't know if I've ever actually been. I mean, maybe one of the times that we've all been in Palm Springs together. Palm I think Springs like, gets wow, up there. it's one, two, two. Yep. And that is amazing. But when you were there, did you feel oh, yeah. like your body was like, I think I might be melting? Like 120 feel- degrees in Florida or New York where there's humidity. Forget it. You're just sweating out and there's like no avoiding or pretending like it's not 120 degrees. That's exactly right. It's just burning hot desert there. Yes. So really what you're thinking is, I'm going to combust into flames. Yes. I'm just going to pop Burst. into it. I'm just going to look down and my shirt's going to be on fire. It is true. Without the humidity as the signifier to be like it's really hot it's true it's all you are just like baking in an of an earth's oven now it's just a hot <laughs> out. now it's just a hot out <laughs> it's like it doesn't get hotter or cooler it's just a hot out it's just getting hotter out and now it's a real hot out <laughs> That is how it kind of feels to be in the dry bone, bone dry desert. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's episode 116. Not a lot of connotation. Not a ton of connotation. Fine. Not a ton of connotation. Last episode, we talked about holiday mascots. Yeah, we really got to the bottom of a lot of cool, weird holiday mascots. Yeah. While that episode was going on, you were in South by Southwest. I was in Austin. A lot of people see tweets and Facebook messages about people who go there yeah. and kind of just like, I'll be at this show. Can you just it's... briefly explain the South by Southwest experience for those of us who have never been? Well, sure. Yeah. It was uh, actually my second time there i'd been three years ago with mutual friend george basil Great. and paul briganti for a little short film uh and also a little feature that i had acted in but this is my second time there it is very cool um austin in and of itself is an amazing city yep. obviously okay um can i guess things and then you tell please. me if these things are correct sure, or not sure okay, sure great. Are there tents everywhere? So many tents. Tents. So many tents. In my mind, it's uh, – and correct me where I'm wrong. It's like a rock festival and there's tents everywhere That's in right. a field. That's right. No It's field. not like the city streets. It is the city streets. OK. It is the city streets. Go it's on. not like field. OK. Fieldness exactly. Um, have all the sort of like stereotypey things about it are true, which is that like it's so hilariously – everything's so branded that okay. it's like almost – a parody of itself a sure, little bit sure everything but, is presented by boost mobile everything got it we uh we had i was there with the corporate the comedy central show that i'm on and we had a little bit of press to do and we went to like the getty images like booth just for some photos right There's, like nothing like those are the tents that are around just right. like getty image booths right everywhere everyone's just trying to put a watermark of their brand on a photo literally and yes gotcha so the getty image booth was sponsored by pizza hut <laughs> so there was like a weird like pizza there was like a lukewarm pizza being heated over here i got a pizza hut t-shirt and pizza hut sweatshirt <laughs> Did it fit? 
Fits great. Really? Fits great. I'm ashamed to say that I actually really like the sweatshirt. I would imagine. Oh, a sweatshirt. That's a nice. Sweatshirt. I would nice. imagine that Pizza Hut would skew large with their t-shirts. Yes, that's a good No disrespect good to the Pizza Hut clientele. Not at all. I just imagine it would skew wide mouth. I gotta be You're getting a wide mouth body on those Pizza Hut tees. That's what I would assume. So to hear that it fits you well is uh, a credit to Pizza Hut for being inclusive to all body types. You are dead on correct. They are wide mouth. It fits wide mouth. I like it like that. No. I mean like just you like in a this... big wide t-shirt? Adam, oh. you're a slim. You're a lowercase i. I'm a lowercase I, but I'm so, th- exactly so it's just nice because it isn't a sweatshirt I would get independently of ha- being of having it handed to me okay you know what I mean like it's just like one of those like I'll wear this because it's free in Pizza Hut okay I'm like yes it's billowy and wide mouth right to your exact point you're right. dead on correct right your instincts do not fail you right um but it, it was really cool I mean we were only there for a weekend it was a very quick trip yes. and I gather that you know like it started as like this music music festival I think I think it was the 25th anniversary of the festival so it's been around for a minute okay and it started as like you know underground indie rock Austin music scene celebration sounds think, chill super chill right <laughs> and I think the kernel of that still exists but I do know that like I think among like original Austinites South by Southwest ground floor 1.0s yeah. now it's become like a bit of a branded sold out bro yeah, yeah. I think it's I Pizza think Hut Tees exactly they replaced the Black Keys Pizza Hut Tees exactly it was the Black Keys it's now Pizza, Pizza Hut Tees and that's the evolution of a festival yes but it's not just music now now it is um, comedy obviously mm-hmm. and film it yeah. has its own like robust film festival and uh, tech so like it is it's become kind of the place where like I think big tech companies will like reveal their new big app. Of course, right. It's like a Comic-Con for... A place to reveal. That's right. Okay. So there were like self-driving Google cars around yes. that were like there cool. and you could sort of like try it out mm-hmm. or whatever. A lot of VR, yep. tons of VR immersive experiences. Okay. Ready, Ready Player One immersive experience, a Westworld immersive experience, a Silicon Valley on HBO immersive. All it sounds very immersive. Very immersive. Got it. They call them activations. Okay. Did you check out the Westworld activation? Okay. Did, so it's like... Right. You know, we like it. I mean, like it's hard not to roll your eyes at, and you find yourself being like, "Oh shit, we got to check out that activation." Yes. like you fall into immediately, it like <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> I right would be the same exact way. Yeah, right away. Have Our, you we seen were there the with our friend Ian Abramson, and be, and he said something that I thought was actually kind of poignant and cool because South by is this like multi-vectored thing. It's tech and it's film and it's music and it's comedy. He was like, "It's kind of like this is a bit grandiose to say, but it's like kind of like a world's. It's like kind of like our world's fair sure. now. Like in the '60s, and right. they would like they would have world." fairs where people would unveil the newest tech and like yes. that was that and that is kind of a little bit what it felt like right that it was like a, the an idea a place of idea the new ideas i'd like to imagine that the real next like branded world's fair yeah. will happen online yeah you can't actually go yeah but you could probably experience it in some sort of online way yeah this feels like a conversation for the third act for a third act yeah right yeah. um but we are in the first act now yes. Adam. so let me yes. bring us back for Please. a second you mentioned that you were with george basil we were with george at south ba- southwest absolutely a place where they show short films very much there's a lot of segue points that we were <laughs> yeah. like we're gonna keep talking yeah. and not just segue into what that's it right. is that's right uh Last week, I released a short film that I made you sure starring did. you and yes. George Basil. Yes. It did not get into South by Southwest. <laughs> that is totally okay. But yeah. it did get onto Vimeo. Vimeo.com. Um, and so today we're going to talk about making the short film Triple Kiss. Triple Kiss. And now available we, on Vimeo. Please go and find it. It's a Vimeo link. You just search for it. But we, uh, we've we touched on this a little bit in the podcast previously. Yeah. yeah. And I think that what we said every time we were kind of alluding to it, I always was hesitant to actually talk about mm-hmm. making it and mm-hmm. the whole experience only because – it's you need the final results to it have wasn't the context. Done yet. Yeah, yeah, you need the final result. 
Exactly. This started last February. Yes. Uh, so that's 13 or 14 months ago yes. almost now. Yes. Um, a kernel of an idea. Yes. An old script that I found. I was in a bit of a creative rut. Mm-hmm. I was kind of uh, unsatisfied with things I was writing and who was reading them. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be very selfish creatively. Yep. And that's something that I think is relatable to a lot of people. Yes. Um, and they have that urge. And I've had that urge many times over. Yes. But I've never actually acted on it. Yeah. For some reason last year I decided to act on it. And I kind of nurtured the script a little bit. Yes. And now, can I just quickly pause yeah. and interject one second? Because, Absolutely. like, it is something that we talk about a lot. And, like, being living a creative life and being an artist uh, of any kind is, like, mostly r- – sometimes it feels like it's mostly rut. Yes. Like, it's – Oh, yeah. Like, it's 97% rut. I would then, say, like, like the- <laughs> yeah, 85, 15 rut if you're lucky. Exactly. And right. then uh, inspiration emerges or you get a kernel of an idea. Yeah. And you said that you've never really acted on it before. But, like, you've been – and I just – not to be contrarian, but, yeah. like – We've been in artistic ruts forever, and like you are one of the more prolific content producers and idea havers. So, mm-hmm. what I just wonder what felt different about this experience or I, this rut or this inspiration. Well, it's you say the word we, and I think that this was the first time where I was like, I need to prove to myself, mm. I, I like I, I've done things in a collective environment for the past 12 years Got it. with love, yes. and I've learned how to do that. Yes. Um, and I've learned how to rely on others, yes. and you know, like Harvard Sailing Team, you, whatever. Yep. yep. Um, this was something where I was like, I'm going to see this project through on my own. Awesome. A- and it wasn't really an on my own experience, but like out the gate, I needed to just be like, you're going to make the decisions Great. creatively yep. and pr- producerially. Yep. And you're going to have full control, which I think is something that I just like needed more in my life. Yeah. In my art and in my life. Absolutely. And so I decided to like choose this as the thing to kind of Good use man. it on. I know. It is like, I mean, you and I have essentially the same. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that is. Um, we've traveled such a similar path yeah. deliberately. Yeah. And like we've intertwined our creative voices so much, thank goodness. Of course. And, but I, I, and I totally feel that of like we've been in a collective comedy collective with yes. eight of our friends for 15 years and it's so defining for – I can speak personally and I'm sure that it is this way for you, maybe even more so. The Harvard Sailing Team and being a member of a collective and this duo with you is so – they're pillars of my identity. Right. I mean, like, they're pillars right. of how I know myself, how I see myself. Agreed. I'm a member of a comedy group. I'm a member of a duo. These are, like, I integral agree. parts to my identity. I agree. So I totally – I relate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, to be able to, like, I need to strike out or I have the impulse to strike out and do something completely independently of these groups right. who I love and that I identify so strongly And with. purely in the – and mm-hmm. it's probably that we're talking about it in the first act – in, like, the beginning stages and the pre-production mm-hmm. of it. Because I found – and I'm sure you can relate to it to a certain extent, too – that living in Los Angeles, so much time is spent <laughs> developing ideas, yeah. nurturing it with others, yeah, trying really. to get the approvals of so many other people. Yes. Not about – uh, you know, a project that's being made, yes. but just about the theoretical idea of maybe making something later. In two years. Yeah. Yes. And that was just eating me alive. I hear you. And so I wrote this thing that, you know, kind of just was like, you can make this. This is like within your reach. Yes. And so that was written. Yes. Another impetus for making yes. it yeah. was also, it was February of last year. Yes. And we were now just a few months into the Trump presidency. Oh, and not that anything's necessarily better now, <laughs> but I remember feeling like, Everywhere I looked, literally in every direction, was just like either arguments or just sadness. Yeah, it was a hostile, charged... Still is. Yeah. But like, yeah. And like, but like the media I was consuming, Ooh. everything in front of me was just so hostile, so charged. Yeah. Again, not that it's not now. Right. But it was like a new thing to get used to. And I needed to... 
I felt almost like a responsibility to myself to try and do something dumb Love and that. silly. Love that. Put something silly out into the world. Yes. Not topical, not satire. At all. Literally. At all. Nothing behind <laughs> it, nothing to glean outside of like, here's a silly scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like, I needed to read something that made me laugh. Yeah. Again, like me, yes. just me. Yes. And once I had my own self-approval, yes. I started reaching out to the people who make me laugh. You, yes. George Basil, yes. Mamrie Hart, Matt Hobby, yes. Max Knight. Yep. And we decided to all pool our collective idiocy together yes. and work on Triple Kiss together. <laughs> Five idiot brains are stronger than one. So I think oh. the second act, now you are brought into the script. Yeah. We talk about actually making Great. Triple Kiss. Cool. Awesome. All right, cool. So it's the first act break. First act break. Uh, Music selection. Yeah. Tri yeah. Triple kiss. Triple kiss. Kiss. Ki uh-huh. Kiss. Th yes. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Every day? There's also the singer from Kiss. Um, oh, Gene Simmons? Um, back... Back in the New York group. That's from that's Kiss. Ace Freely, maybe. Wow, was I, that Ace Freely? Well, I love that song. That was a singer in Kiss, I believe. <laughs> that's an amazing song. That, I would. That's a big swing. I love that. Though. Oh, I hope I'm right. Oh, I hope you're right too. But I love that song. Should we just get back in the New York groove? Yeah, man. Okay, great. I we'll feel like back, back in the New York groove is also like sort of like what we're sort of talking about. You're right. Sort of creatively energy style. That's where we'll pick up Getting the second back act. In the New York groove. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, so this is back in the New York groove by a member of Kiss. <laughs> we'll contextualize yeah. who in the second act. <laughs> yeah.
Welcome back to the No Joe Podcast. That was Back in the New York Groove by Kiss, Bill. Kiss. You nailed it, man. Kiss. Incredible. I love that song. They have a lot of face paint. They have a ton of face paint. Was they have there a ton of face paint? There was ICP, the Insane Clown Posse. Yes, yes. They were also a ton of face paint. Yes. Anyone else with a ton of face paint? Like mu- music band wise, I yeah. mean Bowie would dip. Bowie dip. would dip his toe. I would not say a ton. Uh, not a ton. You he- might get a lightning bolt. That's right. Max lightning bolt. That's right. You're not getting like kitty whiskers, no. full white, black eyes. No, no, okay. no, none of that. I mean, I'm sure Gaga again has messed with face paint in the Bowie. I'm talking tons. I want a ton of makeup. Do we have any other musicians with a ton? We got ICP. ICP. That insane Kiss. clown posse. Yeah. It's like these are bands that are also like pro wrestling outfits. Right. I mean like it feels like ICP was liter- literally started as a wrestling, a pro wrestling group. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Doink the Clown? Doink? Definitely. Doink oh, yeah. is in ICP. Uh, Doink the – okay. I'm going to get this way wrong. We're going to hear a lot about this. There are wrestling experts in the world that exist that are not me. Correct. But – <laughs> Insane Clown Posse, I want to say, was initially, before it was like a juggalo art creative movement, right. was a literal tag team in WWF that was somehow... Are you th- thinking of Legion of Doom? Well, Legion of Doom is a whole other thing. Talk about face paint. Were they called the Insane Clown Posse Definitely. then? Really? Absolutely, yes. And uh, again, I could be getting some signals crossed, but I think that it was affiliated with okay. Doink the Clown. <laughs> really? Not positive. Was there a dink? There was a dink. There was a doink doink and a dink. dink Oh, doink was was the the big dog? That's right. Wait, doink was big and dink was little? Correct. Doink was big. Again, Doink is a small sound. Doink? Yeah. (laughs) Again, I I would say like dunk. Dunk. Dunk might be bigger than doink. Yeah, yeah. Again, I could be getting all of these facts wrong. Yeah. Uh, But I'm pretty sure that ICP was maybe a half wrestling uh, outfit, half band. Sure. Yes, half cultural signifier. Sure. But Kiss, yeah. But Kiss. But you mentioned Back in the New York Groove yeah. was an appropriate song that we yeah. stumbled into. Yes. Because a lot of actually what I was thinking with Triple Kiss was trying to reclaim that energy That's right. that we had in New York. Exactly. So it's the second act of the No Joke Podcast. Yes. Once again, we are talking about my short film starring Adam called Triple Kiss, now available on Vimeo. Go to Vimeo and type in Triple Kiss. You'll see my name. Every single actor in the movie has appeared on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> Every single person. Matt, Keep hobby, it in the family, Mamrie Hart. George Basil. Yes. So you, if you've listened to the podcast, you'll recognize all of their uh, voices, if not faces. Keep it in the family. <laughs> Keep it in the family. You moved to Los Angeles. We've yes. been doing comedy for about 10 years. Yeah. You moved to Los Angeles, and one of the pieces of advice I heard a lot from whether it was an agent or a manager or somebody who, quote unquote, knew better, mm-hmm. was don't do it unless you're getting paid. Mm. Don't do it unless you're getting paid. It's not worth it to develop a project unless they're going to give you a little bit of money. Don't do an internet video because what is it worth? It's not going to get you any money. Right. And I got that. And I yeah. and to a, part of me at the age that when I moved to Los Angeles yeah. was what, like 30? Yeah. I wanted to hear sentences like that. Yeah. But what I learned soon and I kind of like fell into a bit of like a spiral of mm-hmm. listening a little too much mm-hmm. was that what got me there was just making things. Proactivity. Money will come. Yeah. Just keep going. Just yeah. say yes and do more. Yeah. And that was something that I was kind of fell out of. Yeah. And Triple Kiss was a direct response to, again, you know, I don't want to make a sketch, a two-minute nope. sketch. I want to make something with a narrative. That's right. With real characters. That's right. That have like a beginning, middle, and end. And it is purely your voice. Yes. That is like in Billy's Scafuri's voice. Right. Only. And it yeah. was paid for by Billy Scafuri's money. That's right. I did not. There's no money to be made yes. with a short film. That's right. But again, it's like Just I to wanted to reclaim that misconception. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. But I wanted to reclaim bucks. that New York groove. Yeah. I mean, Harvard Sailing Team would film. Almost every month, it seemed like. You yeah. know, you and I were making videos whenever we had free time. Yeah. And there's something, 
And I say it with a lot of our friends too and our peers where we haven't just made the thing. Yeah. We don't make the things anymore. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It is true. There is like a seductive thing to be told like your ideas are of value. Don't give it away for nothing. I know that right. you've been hustling at the UCB for 10 years, but you're 30 now. So like now it's time to like charge for your work. Right. And, and like again, Your like, ideas hold value. Yeah. Right. And like in theory and like in the abstract, that is true and correct and empowering and inspiring to hear right. and sort of like um, emboldening. Right. But like in practice, right? You're like, what about like Wednesday at noon? I can do that. Well, yeah, like like no one's paying me for that. I still, I like to joke. Yeah, I like to goof around. <laughs> right. I like to write I- little ideas down. Right. So you're telling me that I'm not allowed to do that unless it's a development deal. Right. Like, so where does that leave me on Thursday? Right. So like I, exactly. So it's so it's, I think we're I, I think we could both relate to that feeling I, of wanting to reclaim. The time and energy you have. Absolutely. Right. Now, you uh, could maybe just walk us through the process of actually assembling. So the script was an old script. It, it was, was like based on a thing that you had. Yes. The yes. script was a bit old. Yeah. And then I found it. And then I yes. kind of made it newer and dumber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legitimately. Like yeah. I'm not underselling it. It's now dumber. The, yes. the, the, the dialogue is dumber. The characters are more lobotomized. Yes. How much of the entire idea did you have conceived in your mind before you actually started <clears> to write it? It was, you- it was a purely a writing exercise. Like I said, I was really in a place where I just needed to write something that made me laugh. Yes. That didn't mean a television pilot with no. thought-out characters. It was literally like a scene with some dialogue. That's right. And the first line that I read after I wrote it, and it was literally like less than a page, was just this, the phrase, this is that big boy stuff my daddy never warned me about. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, follow that voice. <laughs> like, yeah, follow exactly, that voice. Though. And so I kind of kept following that voice, and 11 pages later, I had it. Yeah. And so I asked you, I asked, I asked friends that I never really had, like, of course, you and Matt Hobby I'd worked with yes. before, but like, Mamrie, not to like a very direct right. extent, and George, not to a very direct extent. Right. But people I wanted to spend a day with because I also knew that they would not take this too seriously <laughs> or have questions as to why these characters are behaving this way. You're one of the silliest people I've ever known in my life. Right. That's one of the reasons we're so close. And right. Like brothers. Yeah. Uh, it was to. It was a delight, obviously, to bring this silly thing to life. And also, I just thought you were so wise because, like, Matt and Mamrie and George are all so silly. Right. And, like, these are people in our sort of, like – Same wavelength. Exactly. Same wavelength. That's right. Exactly. So I got yeah. everyone together. Yes. We shot it all in a day. Yes. Um, and so I say shot that we – Shot all in one day. Shot 11 one pages. One day. One camera. One, one audio person. <laughs> one day. It was – Great. That is, yeah. Uh, so we've teased it a bunch. Maybe we talk about some of the characters. And for those of you looking to watch Triple Kiss, yes. now you'll have a little insight as to who they are exactly. and what journey they kind of go on. That's right. So, Adam, you're the first person we see in the film. That's right. What is your character's name and what's his problem? What is my character's name? Alan. My character's name is Alan. Yes. Um, we open with Alan sitting very alone and sort of despondent on a bench. Correct. Uh, I'm wearing my red baseball jacket that I wear for shoots. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like my one nice article of clothes. Right. My layer. My layer. Um, uh, Alan is lonely. He's sitting on a bench and he's in a bit of a crisis. Woe is him. Woe is him. And that is the first line. Woe is me. <laughs> right. Deep sigh. He says, woe is me. Um, he's a little lonely. Um, he's asked uh, his friend Marty to meet him here on this bench to right. sort of talk through his problem. Yes. Which that he has a crush on a woman named Beverly. Right. And in middle school, once they had a little peck, they shared a little smooch, not even a smooch, a peck. Yes. But he's feeling frustrated because, frankly, he's ready for his and Beverly's relationship to evolve. And by that, he really only means he wants to kiss. He hasn't seen her since middle school, but on this day, he thinks that it's been enough time. 
They've probably been longing for one another. Yeah. Let's turn that peck into, into a smooch a, into a, if we happen to see one another that's right. on this bench. That's exactly right. right. So that's where Alan sort of is at the start of the story. He's a little despondent, feeling lost. Woe is literally him. Woe is literally, literally him. him. So Adam, yes. I think that like when you're supposed to market movies and stuff, yeah. you're supposed to say who this movie is for. Yeah. Who would you say the type of person, uh, like your character, who would relate to your character? Is who, it broken-hearted middle school kids? Lovelorn. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a lovelorn. Okay. I think it's someone who uh, gives their heart away easily. Someone yes. who is easy to fall into a crush. Yes. Who's like very, who who likes to succumb to crushes. Right. There are people who, when I feel like yes, uh, and I've had crushes in my life. Obviously, we all have. Yes, we all. And have. especially that like sort of adolescence, uh-huh. adolescent age. Because in the movie, we're all adults, but there is sort of a <laughs> childlike. Thank you. There, we are a little bit like we're all babies, like a little bit like we're all children. This would make more sense if the cast was 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, really, like, it would almost be cuter, sweeter, and more normalized if the cast was 14. That's right. But it's these known adults. <laughs> That's right. It's these like on television well-known adults That's right. acting like 14? <laughs> like, like children or just like simple? Just simple, simple lyrical versions of ourselves. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so, and there really is. It is very lyrical and simple, which is just one of the things I love so much about it. Yes. Uh, but I, I think Alan is one of those characters who crushes easily. Yes. Li- obviously hangs out to a crush for years. Right. And is a romantic. Frankly, is a, a romantic. Yes. Um, but shy is definitely a beta. Yes. Uh, and isn't going to be the kind of person that says, hey, Beverly, come here. Let me give you a smooch. Right. Uh, is, he needs to go on a journey and be imbued with that confidence. That's right. And he needs, like, many different layers of permission right. to be able to do that. He needs, like, permission from his friend Marty. Yes. He needs permission, obviously, from himself in a way, from the universe, kind of. Then he meets a guy named kiss. George. Yes. He meets a guy. His name isn't George. I won't tell you what his name is. Should we tell them what his name is? We should probably just tell them what okay. his name is. Okay. Well, well. Okay, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> he runs across a guy named George. Yes. Our character. Yes. Remain nameless. Yes. Who has sparklers. Yes. And all he wants to do is to make sure that you guys aren't heartbroken anymore. That's He's right. immediately invested in you. Yes. The strange man with sparklers in the park. That's exactly right. He just sort of like, as this movie sort of wanted to do, has an energy of just sort of emerging, almost at, materializing out of nowhere, out of nothing. Don't question his Don't existence. Don't worry about that. Do, everyone just arrives from yeah. the bushes. <laughs> The whole movie just arrives from the bushes. Once again, if you watch Triple Kiss on Vimeo, these weird decontextualized sentences yeah, we're saying will make sense. Make sense. Yeah. The characters arrive from, from the, the bushes. bushes. So jo- the character played by George emerges from the bushes. Right. And he has two sparklers. Yes. Two sparklers that he has. Right. And he says that and he looks at – oh, and I'm sorry. And I don't want to sort of like – no spoilers here or anything. But Marty, yeah. he reveals in this first opening sequence, not only is Alan a little despondent and feeling lonely. Right. Marty is actually in the same boat. They share, they share this. They're both a little heartbroken. They both could use a sparkle. Big time. They both could use a sparkle. Or a smooch. Right. Um, so George, the character that George plays, sort of emerges with these two sparklers. Right. And tries to sort of pep us up. Yes. And uh, uh, by playing with these two sparklers. And we'll leave it at dot, 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 dot for dot, there. Dot. You have to watch Triple Kiss on Vimeo yes. in order to understand what comes <laughs> What next. happens. We didn't say his character's name, but I think it's worth it. We have about two minutes left in yes. the act. Yes. Um, let's just go through the four characters' names. Great. Alan? That's is me. played by Adam Lust. That's right. That's me. Matt Hobby plays a character named Marty. Mamrie Hart plays a character named Beverly. She is Beverly. And George Basil plays a character named Teverly. Okay. You see the word Teverly, Adam. <laughs> I, I wrote it and it made me laugh over and over again. And then Still I had does. to just like kind of it, it stopped being it became a real name to me. That's what happened. I became desensitized to it and became a real name it's to Tev. me. It's Tev. Exactly. It becomes Tev. Tev. Yeah. Hey Tev. Teverly is not a real name, correct? Can you confirm that? 
Oh, I can confirm that. <laughs> okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. Con- confirmed. Yeah, you've yeah. never heard that name before. No, but now I only hear it. Teverly. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> it is so normalized to me. Yeah. So if you're looking for a, ca- a movie with new characters with new names, yes. there's a man named Teverly, Teverly in Triple Kiss yes. on Vimeo. Yes, played by George Basil. Um, Adam. Yes. We have to probably play another song yes. uh, in the act break. Yes. I'm trying to think. The Teverly Brothers. The, Tever- the Teverly <laughs> Brothers. We ran into this problem last time. Did. did you ever last figure time. out what song the no, Everly Brothers? I never dug. I never dug deeper in the Everly hmm. Brothers. Okay, uh, okay. Brothers well, the music is by Send Medicine. That, it is by Send Medicine that you used in the film. Send Medicine. Yeah. Also, does does the theme song for this very podcast. That's very true. Yes. Um, listen to Send Medicine on Spotify. Yes. One hundred percent. They're in South by Southwest as we speak. Very good. Muscle to them. Um, we could play a Send Medicine song. Uh-huh. A Send Medicine song. That was the only music you used in the entire they, film. They was scored, just Send Medicine. They scored the entire film. Very very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I wonder. Was there a track? They didn't make a, an original track for Triple Kiss. You just you use no original track, but what yeah. we'll do is we'll play the title track from Triple Kiss that, right now. That's nice. I think that's the play. It's a nice it's a nice tune. As the movie starts, we'll hear the song from Send Medicine. That's we'll good. come back, give it a title, and wrap up this episode Great. of No Joke.
Welcome back to No Joke. That was the band Send Medicine and the tune July Eyes. Off of the album Scary Aquarius Daughter. There we go. And Are that- you a Spotify user? Yep. Send Medicine, yep. Scary Aquarius Daughter. If you were in South by Southwest last week, maybe you have had seen them. Scary there. Aquarius <laughs> Daughter. <laughs> yes. The band is Send Medicine. Yes. And that song is used uh, at, at a certain juncture in the movie. Yes. That we haven't really articulated yet, but that song is used in the film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another, I mean, like we said, Send Medicine kind of scored the entire yeah. movie off yeah. of that album. Yeah. When you have friends who can do things yes. and have assets that they want to share with you, yes. pool those assets together Seriously. for your project. Talented friends. All ships rise. That's right. I relied on you guys so much to kind of like bring your acting abilities yeah. to make this silly script actually, you know, come together and yes. feel real. Yes. You guys acted it really well. Yes. We had music you, from Billy. a band who takes it very seriously. Yes. So I just kind of got to orchestrate yeah. all of these talented people to do something very dumb on my behalf. Isn't that the best? It's just like, especially with the mo- with the silliest, silliest, like, uh, with the silliest material to be able to um, play it straight if you like, you know, that's like the whole Weird Al thing. It's like, it's so silly and his music is like absolutely ridiculous. But what makes it fun and uh, and the artistry of like how musically sound he is yeah. is like why it enhances the silliness and we always talk about that during snakes it's like yes. if we're gonna be like a silly rap group like that's cool but like the music like the artistic uh grit of it needs to be legitimate take it seriously yeah the subject matter seriously. should be very silly or that's as right. silly as you want but take it seriously and make it sound and seem legit that's exactly right right it's the, the sillier it is it's more crucial right or like it becomes more critical lonely island that's exactly a very right. good example where was like they had the size and scale in their songs and videos of T-Pain and Rick Ross. Exactly. But they were rapping about being on a boat. Exactly. Yeah. And like the very, very first shot of Triple Kiss, I have to say, is maybe one of my favorites in the whole thing. So we got, like you mentioned Max, our friend Max, who is the DP for yeah. this and is a wonderful photographer and has such a great eye. Yeah. But the first shot of this, I think it's the first shot, correct me if I'm wrong, is just like a sort of a low angle shot of this huge, epic tree. Yeah. This beautiful, 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 <laughs> epically large tree. Yeah. And it's got like a Terrence Malik vibe moment for just a second. Mood. 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 Exactly. That's the mood of the film. Very much. And with that Send Medicine music and like this contemplative shot of a tree, it just just set the mood in a a gentle way. You're like like sort of ushered very gently into this surreal dream. The whole film to me feels like a dream. I agree. A good dream. People have come back to me and like sent me back like congratulations and things. And the two common words that I get back from people are that movie is like a dream. Yeah. That movie is like drugs. Like drugs. Yeah, exactly. It's very hallucinogenic. Yeah. It's a very hallucinogenic. And I think that it's and really, the end kind of leaves you on like a what what right but like the to me like what what really helps set that up or ground the entire thing or allows it to be as silly and dreamlike as possible is just sort of like this first shot it just you just tell us as a filmmaker you Billy introduce us to the mood yep. and to the feelings to the pace yep. of what this movie is going to be right off the bat agreed and that's someone like Max who's a brilliant DP and it's just like a beautifully composed shot yes and it's really cool <laughs> that's you're so right and, it's and really I appreciate cool. you noticing and saying so please. Uh, follow Max Knight, my DP yes. and co-producer on the film, yes. at Max Nightmare. I believe on Mac- Twitter it's at Max Nightmare. That's and right. On Instagram, I think it's Max Knight Photo. Max Knight Photo, Max Nightmare. We'll double check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could yeah. just Google Max K-N-I-G-H-T. Yes. He's a great guy and he deserves as many followers as we can get him. Yes. Um, on the, the day of it, I have a question for you. Uh, on the day of it, how did you vis- – I mean like we've directed things great. before. You've directed videos. Right. Harvard Sunday videos. I'm glad you asked. The, but like, how did it asking. feel to like direct a thing? I have so many thoughts going through my mind. Yeah. Again, this wasn't like – I didn't have a crew of 10 right. with each person doing a department. Right. I needed to kind of mitigate all of the actors' like 
needs yes. and wants and also time schedules. Yes. I needed to make sure that my sound person was there on time. You know, so there's a million things going through my mind. But the big thing that was going on in my mind, the entire movie is shot outdoors. Yes. And in like an overgrown woodsy <laughs> park. That's right. Is that two days before, we had like seven inches of rain. Like an epic, like it hasn't been in Los Angeles in like 10 years. That's right. And when I came to the set that day, <laughs> yeah. my thought was the whole park is going to be just overgrown yes. with bushes. So like yes. when I showed up yeah. and grass had only grown like three inches as opposed to like 15, yeah. I was like, we can still shoot. Yeah, yeah. Everything is going to be okay. Yeah. So it's like when you shoot outdoors and all these other things, so many other problems can get in your way that you're just like, I'll just try and direct it. You're like, I hope it's not a rainforest there today. And it yeah, was yeah. good. And <laughs> yeah. it was clean. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I also had phone calls with all of you guys in advance. Yes. We hadn't didn't have proper rehearsals, but I had an, I had spoken about the nature and yes. spirit of the movie that yes. I knew that everyone was in right. kind of the same. Everyone had the same headspace, headspace going it. in. Totally. So that took a lot of the edge off too. Yes. And then as soon as we started shooting the first scene with you and Matt, yes. and you guys just did like the first page and a half just yeah. clean. Yeah. I just remember thinking this is going to be very okay. Yeah. Everyone there's a shorthand yes. that you have with your friends. Yes. Ideally. Yes. And it was it was. It was already there. Yeah. You know, we didn't need to develop it. Yes. So I felt really good and excited. Yes. I felt really good and excited. Like all of the hard work had like finally come to the day. It was a pleasure and it was a relief just as an actor. It was just like, obviously we are so close and, and I had read the thing before, obviously, but it is just a relief when you are in the company of such a capable uh, friend who's like directing it. It just made yeah. you really fostered from the tone of the piece, the tone of the shoot sort of mirrored that. It was very loving, very silly. Yeah. And just like it, it, it that sort of mood and tone trickles down. Sure. And it's weird how like the tone of an actual day of work of a shoot right. can be informed by the tone of the script itself. Isn't that interesting? It is like it actually did bleed over yeah. into the experience All of shooting one. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I released it this yeah. week. Yes. Once again, Triple Kiss on Vimeo. Yes. Go to Vimeo. Type in Triple Kiss. Billy Scafuri. You'll find it there. Find it. Watch it. Um, a lot of friends had, like I said, really nice things to say yes. about it. And a lot also approached me and they're like, this has inspired me to maybe try and do my own. That's great. Which I think that like all of us in like the seat of our stomach yeah. wants to try something a little bigger than what we've yeah. made on our own yes. before. Yes. Um, a lot of our friends had all made sketch comedy, whether it's like good sketch comedy, bad sketch comedy, cheap or expensive. Yeah. Everyone in our at least like peer group has done that. Making videos, yeah. But it seems like uh, short film is kind of like a new little step yeah. or a new little like notch. Yes. Have you ever... Uh, consider making your own short film. Have you ever written like a seven-page isolated contained script? Yeah, I, I... Is it within you to be a writer, director uh, for I something like I this? I like to think. I like to think it is. And like, honestly, the experience of like working on you, work, seeing you sort of see this entire thing through and like execute it is really inspiring to me. And, and you've like, done it, it with is. Paul. You've done it with a lot of people. I mean, like with, Paul yeah. Borganti. I mean, That's like right. you, you're, no, you're no stranger to working with directors. That's and right. Stuff. But it is true. It's just like having the, it's just vulnerable. I mean, that's the thing Definitely, that never Adam. changes. A hundred percent. It's the thing that never really changes. Like, I feel like you can like create content and make art for years and years and years. And I do get the sense and I gather that like it never, if you're like putting your name on a thing that you wrote, yes, it's vulnerable. No matter if you're, you're so an amateur, right. no matter on what scale of amateur to seasoned professional veteran you are, I think it always feels a little exposed. Totally, ex man. Exposing and totally vulnerable even if it's among the closest best friends almost especially if it's among your closest best friends because yeah. like I know that Billy knows my every thought I know that Billy knows my potential I know that Billy knows my skills right. so here's like a really intimate right. thing that I wrote and Billy is going to be reading this with the full context of me wow the full context You're so, so it's right. vulnerable I mean like yeah it's You're vulnerable so right 
And but uh, so to to be close to you as you and like again like you said like we have friends that make shorts and it's never not inspiring to me and never not impressive to me to yeah. see a friend and a peer sort of like see a thing through to the end. Right. I mean, my adult swim thing was a little bit like that, where it's like I wrote this yeah. thing. I was like, I didn't direct it because well, I couldn't, but like, uh, but it was large scale. Larger scale and like you know tenish minutes. Yeah, and it was like a short kinda. Yeah. So like, and it it is wildly rewarding. I mean, like, right. It's massively rewarding. Yeah. To feel to experience something that you wrote come to fruition. Yeah. Um. But and we, and we got the beers after the shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like something about that just like sip of beer yeah. after hard work. Yeah. Where it's just like yeah we and, did it. You can and, like like your spine can finally like sit in again. And <laughs> as corny as it is, and this is massively corny, it's like the beer after the shoot is. Like the agent saying, like you gotta do it. Like don't do it unless you pay. Unless you're paid. Right. Like, that is kind of the fee. <laughs> like right. that, that beer afterwards. Like that, that is kind of the pay, the payment that you're receiving. Right. They're just the endless gra- like gratitude and sense of satisfaction and sense of completion mm-hmm. is almost worth more than anything mm-hmm. you could be paid. I know that's like horribly. I get it to say until you experience it and you're like oh this is what I get in return (laughs) that's right I totally get it that's exactly right is there something that you would want to set out to like achieve like for me I, I knew that like I needed like a year to achieve something. Yeah. And I kind of set out to achieve it. Yeah. Do you have or have you ever, whether it be like a book, yeah. a short story book, yeah. I don't know, anything. Has there ever been like something where you're like, that would be like a kind of like five-year plan? Absolutely. I would – I mean like my wife Maggie and I talk about this a lot and I mean like uh, I have sort of an, an idea to develop kind of like a Berbiglia-esque sort of like storytelling hour. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's like an like an evening. Yeah. That is, I don't really know what I mean exactly, but it's like a yeah, like a, like you know, storytelling, you funny stories. I love that with, for you. You know, like something to tour with. And again, it seems really daunting. It seems kind of impossible. It seems really expert level, whatever. But like, it's something that I is aspirational and that I want to. These are all the boxes I'm asking you to check off. That's right. Where yeah. It's so like, like, what seems beyond your capabilities? Really What's something you've never really done before? Scary. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. Daunting, legitimately daunting, a little bit out of my reach, but that's why I want to reach for it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it will only require you to keep the engine moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is another thing. That's exactly When it. you don't have someone else being like, okay, now we're going to, or that's hey, right. I did this. That's right. It's like, oh my God, I have to do all of this. Yes. You know? So that's a great goal. Yeah. It, it, it's so true, especially in filmmaking, like, like something like Triple Kiss. It's like there is really only so much – it's like – Finding that balance between being your own motivational engine and you believe me like I'm in a rut. I want to make something like just to get, connect myself to like this sheer fun of silly creation. Yes. And like – and how that is a own, that is a self-sustaining motor that you and only you, Billy, have. Yes. But it takes a village to make a movie. You can't make a movie on your own. Period. You can't. No. Like, <laughs> period. It's just impossible. Like you need others. So to find that balance and to reconcile those two ideas of like I want this only for my – not only, but just like this is coming from such a deeply self- selfishly in a positive I want connotation. This. I want this. Only I want this right And I now. need others to right. do this thing to, that I want. It's yep. like all those sort of reconciling those two ideas. Yeah. And that's why like having a creative community, it's like we're so lucky. I just Man, reminded. It's so. necessary. It's like it's essential yeah. for our careers and survival. Yeah, just exactly. like creative survival and just like joy. <laughs> Watching Trouble Kiss, I was just like, wow, we are so fortunate to like be – have this nurturing – forget the talent. Forget the fact that George and Mary and Matt and are just so – and you and Max, just these people are like – 
just flagrantly wildly talented beyond that. It's like, because that really is only a part of it. It is kind of what you were saying before, like getting a ma- uh, sort of assembling a team of people that are of like minds and ha- are in the same headspace right. and have the same sense of joy right. about a project like this was really great. And I think just it reads when you watch Triple Kiss, the joy and the silliness, I feel like really sort of beams off screen. Love it. I do think, I think that. Thank you yes. for saying it. And thank you for doing thank it. Thank you for making it, Billy. It's really impressive. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to be a part of it. And uh, watch Triple Kiss on Vimeo. Go you're, find it. You're the best. Go find it. We're the best. Triple Kiss yeah. is the best. Yes. And that was the Triple Kiss episode. Good one, Bill. Thank you for saying so, Adam. Thank you for being in the film. Please, thanks for making it, bud. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>